Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Grown Men Watch This Shit. We do, and uh, if fuck, if you make it to the end of this show, (laughs) yeah, you know how this show has come together. Indeed. Welcome I, to the beginning of this show. I wanted to acknowledge because we we recorded the end of the show as well as a, a really swell interview with uh, international wrestling superstar uh, Mark Davis, which you all, uh, I hope you enjoy. Uh, but yeah, we recorded that just before and now we're coming back to record the start of the show. So we wanted to make sure to weirdly acknowledge that to you guys. Uh, draw the curtain back a little bit, you know. Um, oh, most podcasts wouldn't do that, but you know what? We're here for you, the fans, to let you in on the entire experience. We respect our listeners, and we respect their intelligence. We don't want to. We don't want to be working you guys, you know, making you think that hey, you know, we we recorded this first. We want to, you know, let you know what's up. <laughs> yes, sir. No hey, Fabian here. No, sir. It's been <laughs> not too long since I last spoke to you, but it's good to talk to you again. Last time we spoke, uh, we went at, at length uh, we about our own personal lives, and I think it was a great show. I, uh, I just wanted to follow up on maybe something we discussed last time, which Ooh. is tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow by the, <gasps> the big day. of the fans. The big tomorrow day. Tomorrow I start with what, without a cause, pro wrestling as apparently lead commentator. Um what i've never i've never done play-by-play you should get a business card made up sir lead commentator yeah i'm gonna i i I think i'm just gonna go you know kind of loose and just talk about the wrestling show i'm seeing i'm not gonna go move for move and maybe just tell a little story and uh i I hear that there may be a a mixture of maybe certain wrestlers who are on the card joining me on commentary a la excalibur yeah kind of like that which i find exciting I do not want to lead commentary all on my own. I think that is a, a So you don't disaster. think you're at that Joey Styles uh, ECW 95 through before when uh, Joel Gertner came in? You're not, not quite Joey Styles just yet? No, I've only done it twice and both times it was with <laughs> another person. <laughs> they have a lot of confidence in me, so hopefully I follow through with them. Or it could be an amazing debacle that gives this wrestling company a lot of, a lot of news where James Vanderbeek from Twitter – Fucked up their announcement on first show. <laughs> Either way, it's all all positive. I love it. Well, it's I, good for them. I'm glad that we got to to talk like now, uh, before you you do the show, which will have already happened when our listeners listen to this. Um, More curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I, I was I'm happy that we get to talk before it as opposed to after it, so I can sort of get your your thoughts going into it. Um, you know, either like what the way you're kind of approaching it. I mean, you mentioned that a little bit already, but what, what's kind of gone through your head uh, with the the big day being tomorrow? Um, well, the first thing I've done is I made sure to take a look at the card. Uh, a lot, few of the wrestlers I am pretty experienced with, but maybe to hammer out some other 
details of their careers or maybe some more information to lend me a hand Ooh. when my brain is racing. Are you going to be asking notes. for uh, signature moves and finishes, that kind of thing? I, I, I believe that I will ask them so I can adequately name their finisher if they were able to pull it. Uh, so, yeah, I, but more trying to get an idea of maybe the story going yeah, into the match. I was going to say, that's, that's uh, a good one, because a lot of commentators uh, wouldn't necessarily put the work in for asking that, and they'll just reactively you know, react to stuff, which, which can be cool in its own thing. But I think it adds to something when you can sort of know the story that they're going for so you can see things with the right eyes to be able to build it in the right way, if you kind of follow me. 100%. I also plan to speak with whatever uh, Booker man or, you know, the the brass to let them know uh, I am fully aware and adept to promote or push any sort of angle that they may be trying to bring forward. So mm-hmm. definitely to try to get that information ahead of time. Hey, what do you want me to actually fit in here in my conversation about the match? So I, I am taking it very seriously, but you know me, buddy. I'm full of anxiety and angst all the time. So I am a little overwhelmed, but... I'm following through. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to call in sick. I'm not going to awesome. fucking say, fucking that. I'm doing this shit uh, because I always wanted to be a part of professional wrestling. If it comes to being a commentator, who knows what could come from that? Who knows? Exactly. I feel like I, I have a gift for Gab so much. I, I would agree with that. So I think you are quite good on the, uh, the, the vocal um, side of things. Um. I mean, do you have? It definitely sounds like you're you're approaching this in a a serious and professional manner, which I wanted to commend you for. Yeah. Uh, can I ask, are there any um, commentary influences potentially uh, going on here? So I can kind of imagine in my head, uh, you know, the, the kind of style of of commentary that you're going to be approaching here. Uh, I, I'm not going to pepper in hip hop wrestling analogies. Uh, I, I'm not Moro Ronaldo. I'm not going to be that excited. I'm, I'm going to be as Jeremy as possible. I'm going to keep it. I like it. Be uh, yourself. Per, be me. I, I might talk a little bit more, you know, verbose and be a little bit bigger than, uh, I normally would be and maybe a little bit more poetic, uh, at times, but I'm just going to be trying to keep it in like a loose conversation. So beautiful. Maybe like a, a Corey Graves, you know? He's not like trying to be overly critical of a... You hate him as a commentary? I, you, I was actually joking, I mean, but seriously, I'm not that oh, much yeah. of a fan. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, um, I meant more as like just being a natural, a natural person who is like not trying to take themselves way too seriously while they're doing commentary. They're just discussing. Yeah. They, he's clearly a fan while he's talking. Uh, he's going to bust balls if somebody says something stupid. Uh, but... Maybe let's let's go Corey Graves and Tony Schiavone. Oh yeah, there that. you go. Oh, cool. There That's... you go. Love me some Tony Schiavone. Um, mm. So I mean, that's cool. Do you, do you other other than that? Like, do you have any kind of um, commentators that you've you've really looked up to uh, through the years? Like, are you more of a Jesse Ventura kind of guy, or? more of a Bobby Heenan where, where you're at. We're here. going for color commentary. Cause it sounds like I'm a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. My favorite color commentator of all time will have to be Bobby, the brain Heenan. I, I love Classic. me some Jesse and I loved me some macho when he was paired with Vince. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Bobby, Bobby was fucking great. Actually, you know what? Speaking of macho, I don't think macho gives enough credit. He didn't like doing the job. Uh, Cause he felt like he got yeah, put he up on the shelf. Yeah. But yeah. I he, I think he did a fucking tremendous job when he was Dude. actually 
trying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um personally it'll always be Jesse. Like to me there's something about Jesse Ventura, like just that like you're talking about the ball big busting man, side of it. And man. I mean he there's something just so nice about Jesse's voice as well. I can just listen to Jesse Ventura talk like on his fucking conspiracy theory show, like at length and I'll never oh, yeah. get sick of it. Uh but I mean this is Minnesota. Um <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, the CIA doesn't want us to know. <laughs> I think as well, it's like I've always had just an innate love for like that uh, Midwest, like Minnesota kind of an accent. So to combine that like niceness of a Midwest accent with someone as like intense as Jesse, it's like just the the mecca for dichotomy. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's beautiful, and and then as well like. He was a pretty over-the-top kind of character. And, I mean, some people might think he did, but to me, I thought he always walked the line so well between, like, putting himself over but also putting the match over kind of thing. Mm. Um, whereas a lot of guys will go, like, way over-the-top kind of thing. Like, a, a, a JBL is probably a good example of someone who would put themselves over at the expense of the, the match. Um, yes. Whereas I always thought Jesse walked that line really well. Yeah, I... I... I am a little bit nervous, and I, because my expectation, I am a bit of a perfectionist, so I, I want it to be literally perfect my first go out. But I need to realize that's not going to be the case. It's I'm going. It's going to be a learning curve. Huh? If yeah, I plan sure. to con- continue doing this, I'm going to probably fuck up a bit the first time. Might be some dead air at points, but you know what? I just got to keep coming back. I can't let my fucking brain get ahead of me and be... I've said this recently, is sometimes your brain has shit for brains, and it tries to fucking fuck with you and not allow you to do things you want to follow through on, and I'm not going to let it do it this time. Yeah, yeah, for real, man. That's an awesome attitude. And, like, with the commentary thing, it's great that, by the sounds of it, it's like you're in it for the the long haul. So, like, and, and that's the main deal of, like, going through, you know, it may be a little bit rocky to start, but you know that once you get that, like, five shows or ten shows under your belt, you know, it's going to be so much smoother. I mean, even if you approach it like an actual worker um, debuting on his first wrestling show, it's almost like with that, the expectation of it's going to be terrible, but just let's try to make it as not terrible as possible. And no matter what, you're going to look back on it, you know, and be like, oh, fuck me. But the important thing is just getting that down and, and continuing through. And I almost think that, uh, frankly, uh, it's not even going to be terrible. I think you're going to do well. That's just thank me. you, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> All <laughs> right, well, let's move into a little bit of not us and some wrestling. Uh, one thing we can go into is a a tried and true segment of our show. <laughs> David Arquette, watch. Um, the most recent thing I saw was before we go into it. A... Can I just ask? Oh shit! We've been go. doing this intro for a long time. Yes. In your mind, is this like some sort of? Is there a fax going through when David Arquette watch comes on? Is it like a radio signal that's being interrupted with like an emergency Morse code? Yeah, I'm seeing a Morse code thing. You know, okay. like when they, like, the guys just push, pushing the button over and over. I I don't know. That's a good question. Morse code. What do you think, pal? How? What are you reasoning? To me, it's like I think yeah. When you're you're on the internet and you get a fax, 
and you get that like noise come through and it fucks up the signal. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my interpretation. Oh yeah, it's like um yeah, when when you're watching TV and like there's sort of some sort of emergency um event and the the news team comes in and it's like beep 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 breaking news. Breaking news. Coming out of Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're able to uh, illustrate that a little bit more for our, our listeners in this pulling back the curtain episode of Grown Men Watch This Shit. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> but well, how did we come up with our idea for this Foley work? Yeah, yeah, such such polish. Yes. Um, uh, so, Mr. so the, Arquette, the David Arquette uh, news, what is it? He was covered on TMZ for doing some pretty amazing spots on uh, a wrestling match when he's doing a tag team with one RJ City. Huge crossbody coming up the top rope to the outside, which is tremendous. And as long as the people below are catching you, uh, scary, but hopefully fairly safe. Um, but the generally one the idea. Was... Huh? It's generally the idea. I mean, as a, a, a former... Um wrestler uh, whenever you're doing a, a crossbody or catching a crossbody the catching is the worst part because no matter what if you've got like four guys there who are catching a dive in theory you're like oh this is going to be really well evenly uh dispersed you know the surface area yeah. everyone's going to catch a little bit of it. it's going to be great doesn't ever yeah. work out like that like the always yeah. there's going to be one guy that's just eating shit and getting like a pelvis slash dick just to the head and there's going to be another guy that catches nothing whatsoever, but then takes a bump like he did anyway. And yeah, then, he's the guy at the back of the group. Yeah, and then probably two other guys that maybe get a, a thigh and the other one gets like a wrist. Like, that's that's pretty much how these dives are always happening. I mean, maybe that's just uh, terrible oh, we, wrestling. I think as a fan, you can see very clearly that is a lot of the case. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the thing that I thought was really interesting is he actually was uh, recently involved in an interview where uh, with Mr. One Vince Russo, we I think he might have been mentioned at some point. Um, they discussed his being informed that he was going to be winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And I guess it just kind of was sprung on him casually by one. WWE Hall of Famer Damon Dallas Page uh, just said, hey, man, we're going to put the title on you. And David Arquette's like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, why? Why are we doing this? Because um, he was a wrestling fan. He, he he himself understood why that's probably not the greatest way to go. But who is he going to – who is he to object? They're promoting his movie. But what do you think? I mean – as one who is a wrestler and a wrestling fan, if you were sprung on that you're going to win the biggest title in a company that you're working with, are you going to walk away and say, no, fuck this shit? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's a weird place to situation to be in. It's pretty interesting, like, just uh, hearing that perspective of it. Um, I almost have, mm -hmm. like, a policy where I don't listen to any Vince Russo anything. So it's probably Agreed. just going to make me... That's covered it on yeah. a separate story. Yeah, great stuff. So no one has to actually listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, such a weird position to be put in. Like, you're, you're a celebrity, like, sort of at the, the height of, of, you know, David Arquette's name being pretty big there in the late 90s, and you're doing this, like, fun wrestling crossover deal. It's like a celebrity appearance. And then, like, you know what? We want to put the 
a main belt on you. And, you know, him knowing a bit about wrestling knew that this, the way that this was going to be, um, uh, you know, yeah, the way this was going to be received, the way the fans were, were going to not be big fans of it, because it's almost weird talking about it now, because at least when it comes to WWE and mainstream wrestling, like the belts don't mean anything. Whereas back mm. then, as much as like uh, people like to talk about like everything in WCW being terrible and rah, 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 and the the booking, I mean the booking was pretty bad back then. But at the same time, the belt still meant a lot. Like I think that, that had WCW direct lineage to NWA. It yeah. had direct lineage to NWA. I mean, I I reckon like the WCW World Heavyweight Title meant more than like the WWF or E One has since then. Full stop. Maybe, I mean, there are some different, you know, times like I remember with Punk's run where he had that really long record uh, title run, like that actually meant something uh, by the time it was like, oh, who's going to beat him kind of deal. So there have been some moments, but as a whole, I think the WCW title meant more to people than um, WWE has since. So it's almost hard for people to imagine now, like, why was it such a big deal? You know, if WWE put their main belt on um fuck who's a good example now Who you uh, for like as far as goofy people that have gotten the title like miz no no like a celebrity Not, if, at, who, who would be oh, the equivalent of like a david arquette walking in and winning the wwe kevin championship today <laughs> kevin Federline was well, like i know That's it wasn't that good. star but he was such he was such a big name and cena actually made him not look horrible you know what i mean yeah yeah. Actually, I would say that Kevin Federline he should have won. Off- he got more offense in his match with John Cena than David Arquette did when he won the belt. Pretty probably like in David Arquette's entire WCW career, I would say. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to uh, go weird. with um, Jimmy Fallon. If, if Jimmy Fallon oh, yeah. came in uh, to John WWF Cena. today and yeah, won the title from Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. But uh, I heard um, uh, our boy, uh, David Arquette, has has been had a bit of injury spat recently where he's had to cancel a few shows around. I know he was going to be on the big Lucha Vavoom show coming up, but he uh, had to release a thing where he sadly wasn't able to, um, to take part. I'm not sure of the exact reason, but I'm assuming maybe it's something coming out of those... Um, uh, injury ro- woes that uh, we've talking spoken about in the the past, but yeah, hope hope he's okay. Yeah, I'd love to. I I really I'm looking forward to him healing up. I hope this isn't just a little tangent he decided to do with wrestling. He's trying to follow through a little bit further. Heals up. Looking forward to maybe seeing him on one or two WrestleMania based dates coming up here in New York. I I mean with his Well we know we know that following the um Pancakes and Pile Driver show last year's WrestleMania, whereby at the end of the, the show David Arquette came out, did a big promo and said that he'd be back wrestling next year. So I'm pretty sure that he's already told us that he's gonna be on um this uh this Pancakes and Pile Drivers uh of, of, uh, I'm just hoping York that the mission. injuries uh, don't keep him out of it. And hope maybe, maybe that's why he's resting up now. Ooh, mm. hell of a thought. Good call. Good call. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we haven't seen oh. anything announced for um, pancakes and pile drivers yet. Uh, I hope that's coming soon. I'm a little bit uh, concerned with the 
I mean, there's probably a thing a lot of people are going through who are intending to go into New York uh, as the tickets go on sale, and yet other shows haven't even been announced yet. It's like, do I buy the tickets now? Do I wait? Do I, you know, see what the match uh, announcements and talent announcements are going to be? What if this one that's come out is going to sell out before this other one's even announced? Like, what do you do? It's a, it's a tough time. I, I my last three years, I'm going to do it as I have done. Play it by ear, uh, not hammer too many things in stone uh, before I take my flight and maybe even like react to tickets that become available through friends. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully Alicia and I will both be making it out for this because she likes wrestling. I've never been to New York, and I think it's a great a great joint trip to do both wrestling as well as, I mean, destination trip, New York City. Jesus Christ. It's the best one for a long time. I mean, I thought... New Orleans was just fucking perfect and, and fantastic for just like the festival of wrestling that that, that weekend was. Um, but yeah, I mean, New York is just perfect as well. So much to see in New York. I, I hope that a lot of the people that are going there just don't spend your whole time doing just wrestling shit. Like there's some people I spoke to on previous years gone by and they just go to the WWE Access and, and just all that stuff and they don't see anything of the town other than wrestling. Uh, New York is such a great place, as we've um, we've mentioned before. So enjoy that, and then I think it was announced the next one's going to be in like Minnesota or something. Is that right? No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to uh, Minnesota. Uh, the, the Minnesota. Twin yes. Jesse Ventura and Minnesota. <laughs> Have you seen the the beer um, on a, a little tangent here that the liquor shop ad that Jesse Ventura did at the height of his fame in AWA? Oh wait, I, yes, where he's like actually in the liquor store, yeah. like come to this liquor store. They've got such and such kegs, and like yeah, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that into the show right now, so everyone at home gets to enjoy Jesse Ventura awesome. in the liquor store. Yeah. Please enjoy. Beautiful. Here we go. Minneapolis, St. Paul, listen up. This is Jesse the Body Ventura talking to you from the Chicago Lake Liquor Store across from Sears in Minneapolis. Where should you turkeys go to buy your beer? Chicago Lake Liquor Store. You can get the finest in domestic beer as well as imported beer. You can drink little bottles or drink it like the body does. Chicago Lake Liquor is the number one beer store. They buy more, so you buy for less. Save even more on 3K Special. Number one, Chicago Lake Liquor. All right, coming out of that beautiful moment, um, I think that the, I mean, do we have anything left? Let's just jump to this this interview. This was a really fun uh, time. One thing, we did cover what? it at the end, but one thing before we go any further, we got to give big ups. Got to give big ups to my brother, one Jeffrey Cobb, for his PWG title win. Uh, a lot of speculation by our, our crew, when Mr. John Kraft included, about who would win Bola. Um, no one from no one ever put their horse on Mr. Cobb. We there was speculation, sure, but no I one mean, hit it, their horse. I'm to surprised Jeff. we didn't because it, it made so much sense coming out of the the prior years. Uh, I Bola and how close he got, but yeah, I think we all we all came late. up with our own narrative and. Yeah, we, we underrated that boy. involved him that he would not be able to do it because he was part of ROH. And you know what? That's just dumb. That's me being overly analytical, snarky, smart. And you know what? I was wrong, and I'm so glad I was wrong because not only did he win Bola, 
he just beat Walter for the title literally yesterday. So congratulations, Olympic Insane. wrestler, professional wrestling champion, one Jeffrey Cobb, dual title holder. Uh, congrats, buddy. No one is more deserving. I'm not even saying that as because I know the guy. He literally, I can't think of anybody with the credibility, let alone the actual drive to be a professional wrestling champion uh, as one Jeff Cobb. So, yes, congratulations, Jeffrey. For real. I mean, uh, Jeff's story of, of coming all the way from the uh, Guam and, and going to the Olympics for, for Guam, for the wrestling team, and then like coming over and, and slowly growing that success in the, the, the California scene with APW, um, and then, uh, you know, just uh, becoming a big thing, uh, Lucha Underground, and then, uh, you know, just blowing up all over the indies. It's just so great to see, and it's just, it, it's great. And, and on the same note of when I, I really uh, weirdly reacted to your bringing up of Let's Have Davis on the show, on the last show, I'll, I'll just put yeah. you on the spot as well and say, we need to have Jeff on. We need to get Jeff on as a, as a thing in a future episode. I'll make it happen. Woo! I like it. All right, ladies and germs, uh, let's get into this interview. Chris was very nice enough to line up Mark, who took time late, late at night to come and talk to us. I really underestimated how much that time difference was really... It was going to fuck somebody. Like, you could do it. I know, I complained about it. (laughs) I was the one who complained about it fucking me, and then he actually did it. I was like, oh, God, this guy's much better than I. He took that So thank you, Mr. Davis. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, this was quite the international affair. I mean, which is kind of what we pride ourselves on with this show. But it's like we were lining up time zones between Seattle, Brisbane, Australia, and the UK. And one of those things is not going to work out for somebody and uh, the lovely chap that is Mark Davis took that bullet, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of a lot of fun in the interview. That your your earbuds are, are tingling to hear in the coming moments. So enjoy. Yeah, please enjoy. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, here we go. Yep, to Roy, to Roy. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Do Australians actually say to Roy? I don't know. Run them jewels fast. Run them, run them jewels fast. Run them, run them, run them, run them, fuck the slow mo. All right, guys. We have a really someone that's just very close to my heart. Someone that I go back quite a ways with, and I'm like really happy with just how fucking well he's doing at the moment with all of the successful things in the UK um, but more than that uh, this is my friend Mark Davis welcome to the show Davis, how's it going bud? Hey, yeah I'm good, that was a really nice intro Oh, thank you yeah, uh, we, we've been over this thing a little bit before, but uh, for this interview, we didn't necessarily want it to be like a question-answer, question-answer, just a, an informal chat. And whether we talk about wrestling or we don't talk about wrestling at all, uh, I'm, I'm easy either way. How are you guys? Yeah. Yeah. 
Sounds good to me. Welcome to the show again, as you said. Uh, don't get me wrong. He he did put you over really well, but he does say that about nearly every guest. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the big, big words for Jonah. Uh, no, just, just, just joking. But yeah, thanks for coming on, Mark. It was uh, cool to meet you down WrestleMania weekend. Uh, crazy night at Wally Mania. What did you think of that whole experience? I guess that's a good place to start out since that's where we met. Uh, yeah, that was cool. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun, actually. Um, that was, I guess we flew in like that afternoon and then we just went straight out. Uh, and then that whole night was a bit of a blur. Mm -hmm. But that entire weekend was like such a cool experience to uh, like be able to take part in, uh, especially on like the side of being flown in to like do shows and, and wrestle there and stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, I was kind of the same in terms of getting in on the same day and then going out on the, the last trip they did over to um, Bowler and hanging out with uh, Jeremy and our, our other buddy John. And, yeah, just, like, got in, got off the flight, maybe, like, had a half hour, a little nap to sort of get me back to life and then just went straight into the going out and drinking stuff. And I was so yeah. fucked the next day. I mean, <laughs> how were you the, the next day after Wale Mania? Uh, I wasn't great. <laughs> I wasn't great at all. Uh, yeah, no, I was, I was a little bit uh, fragile. That was the day that we wrestled uh, Tanahashi and Juice. <laughs> I just remember that. <laughs> there was one point in the morning where I just like, looked over at Carl. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, no, it was okay. That kind of ripped me off for like the rest of the trip, though. And, like I just didn't drink at all for like the rest of it. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I'm kind of fine. I get that. Yeah, I didn't drink at all for the the following day. No, the first day of Bowler. Yeah, I just smoked, and then yeah, there was this great bit where um, Jeremy and I were just like really, really just like high and, and kind of not wanting to talk to the world and we're just like sitting in our, our seats next to one another waiting for the show to start and like our buddy John's like trying to introduce us to like Bandito and we're just like too freaked out to talk to anyone so it's just like sitting still like yeah it was it was a great great scene great first impression yeah full disclosure I went, I went a little too hard at Bola the first two nights I think I think I took Molly both nights, which uh, I had never watched a wrestling show on Molly. And I figured, hey, while in L.A., let's get crazy. And so, yeah, man, <laughs> professional wrestling while, while on Molly is quite the experience. And then uh, being so out of it because how stoned we got. Yeah, it was dead to the world for a period of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, man, it's just such a trip. I'm like looking up like, man, these lights are really fucking cool. These guys look pretty awesome. Like... <laughs> felt like such a nerd <laughs> yeah i was just like transfixed with like the the ornate molding on this like beautiful theater walls and i was just staring at them so intently Write <laughs> me the muppets theater uh, yeah. you know with yeah oh man yeah i don't remember like the first three matches like anything of them i think um <laughs> I think we saw Brooksy wrestle, and I, I honestly don't have any takeaways from it whatsoever. Well, that's actually a good place to start off. Like, what do you guys think about uh, everyone from your homeland? Like, man, Australia is fucking popping off in America and UK wrestling. Like, a lot of talent getting signed for the WWE. How does that feel as, uh, you know, people from the homeland, you know? 
Yeah, it's great. It's really cool. Mm. I think as anybody who ever wrestled in Australia would probably agree with me, we've always just wanted the same access to like exposure and getting the same opportunities as the rest of the world. So it's it's really, really cool to see now that there's people in Australia who can like kind of just primarily stay in Australia and still make a name for themselves, even though like a lot of the guys who are getting a lot of exposure, it's through doing like a PWG or stuff like that, but a lot of them uh, still just live in Australia. And then you have people like Robbie who's getting work with New Japan now. So and good. He's like, yeah, in the junior tag tournament. It's great to see. And a lot of those dudes are people that, you know, like Chris and I have known for over a decade and uh, just a really positive thing all around to see like people that you love and respect get the opportunities that you think that they deserve. Yeah, for real. And you and you you personally like uh, I think Chris told me that you decided to, you know, tired of not necessarily getting those opportunities, so you moved away and took a chance on yourself and moved to the UK, is that correct? Yeah, that's uh, that's entirely correct. I'd I'd had like a bad shoulder injury so I couldn't wrestle for a couple of years. And then when I made that decision to come back to wrestling, uh, I think it was with the like the mindset for myself that like if I was gonna do it I wanted to like try and uh, make the most out of it and do stuff properly. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's what led to that decision. It's cool, I guess. I mean, it wasn't cool at the time, but to have something like such a a big deal as that fucked shoulder injury to, like, I guess, get you to reassess stuff and, like, reassess yeah. what you want out of wrestling and, I guess, to have that opportunity to come back when you did, and I guess, like, the stars aligned and shit... To just be able to go yeah. it like fucking whole hog kind of deal. Yeah, it all kind of worked out pretty well for me. Uh, I guess like within a couple months of coming back, I wrestled Marty Skull, and then he opened up like a lot of doorways over in the UK here for me. And I'd had like, I have, because my mom's side of the family are German, I had like a European passport as well. I didn't need a sort of visa or anything like that. But it definitely did force like, a stronger perspective of me on me when I injured my shoulder to like make me want to take it a lot more serious and proper go of it. Yeah, I mean that. That's what I kind of meant by like the the stars just aligning. I mean it worked out so fucking well. How how long was it after, like when you came back from the shoulder injury? Which I mean you were on the shelf for like was it a year from it? Uh, it was like two years. So I think I'd, I'd like, the last time I wrestled was like October 2014. And then my first match back was July 2016. So that's like 23 months. Insane. And then, yeah. so how <laughs> how far was it between when you came back to when like the Marty match happened? That was in October. So like a few months before or something. Yeah. I think I wrestled like maybe like 10 matches since I've been back or something like that. Not too much. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, you worked um, Marty for uh, Melbourne City Wrestling. Um, yeah. Was that your first date back for them? Uh, no. My first match back actually was for, like, NCW in the July against Robbie Eagles and Josh Shooter in a triple threat. Yeah. I remember being, like, kind of, like, humming and ahhing about it. I, I think I'd already, like, booked flights to go down that weekend, not even to wrestle with, uh, I was just going to go on like a holiday with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, 
And then I'd message like Mikey, the owner and like promoter of MCW. And I think a lot of it was him kind of being like, hey, like, I think I guess I'd like mentioned it to him or whatever. But I think if he didn't uh, really push me to wrestle on that show, I don't I don't know if that would have been like my first match back. Yeah, right. Huh. That's crazy. And um, I guess so. Marty was the the, the lead into the UK stuff. Um, he said he just basically really rated you from that match and wanted to help you get those opportunities over there because he saw like they weren't happening over here or what was the exact deal there? Yeah, it was a bit like that. Like I wanted to move here in 2012. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Years ago, yeah. And then it just like never happened for me and then like the shoulder thing did and then like... But yeah, I guess I, I messaged Marty after we wrestled and I asked him for... I was just like, hey, like... If you have any advice for me going forward, I'd really appreciate it. And he just was like, no, there's like nothing to do with like the wrestling side of things. But if you want more to happen for you, uh, wrestling's not going to come to you here. Mm. And I think you should consider moving to the UK because you'll have more opportunities. And if you do that, then like, I'll help you out. Yeah. And that was like the, really the perfect time when everything was just starting to go crazy over there right like that was sort of uh, early-ish in the the progress success i want to say yeah it was like uh like six months after that wwe uk tournament yeah and then places like what culture were doing like great and there was like massive shows happening uh and yeah like that was after, that was a few months after Progress just ran like Brixton, like the massive show. Well, they ran that in like the September, and I guess Marty told me that in the October, mm. like a month later. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it definitely was like a very big case of right place, right time. And then like the other thing about it too is the match uh, probably wouldn't have even happened if it wasn't for Triple A, which is a funny story, I guess. What? Because. Yeah, yeah cause go was, on. Because <laughs> uh, I was originally supposed to wrestle Australian Suicide on the Friday night of that tournament show. I wrestled Marty's second round. And the plan for me was to like lose to Australian Suicide and then I think wrestled Dowie on the second night. But Triple uh, A got him worked with like a Lucha Underground like house show thing on that date and didn't tell him. So he had to cancel like his flights back to Australia. I'm shocked that like... AAA would be that disorganized, personally. <laughs> yeah. So if it wasn't for AAA, uh, I guess like just not telling. Him <laughs> yeah, those fuck offs normally rarely work in anybody's favor, but this time they did kind of work in Mark's favor a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I think well, it helped me out a lot. I wouldn't have had that match with Marty if it wasn't for that. So thanks, Triple A. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, are you like? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like wanky and shit. But are you kind of a believer of that? You know, stuff lines up. It's like you know, meant to be type of deal, or it's just fucking good luck. Yeah, no. I think things will just happen when they're meant to happen, and I think things like uh, inevitably in the end just kind of end up happening for a reason. Mm. I do kind of believe that though. Well, things happen to you for a reason. How did you and Kyle first come together? I've, I'm not too familiar with all the history, unfortunately. I didn't do all my research. I just wanted to keep it more casual. But yeah, how did you and Mr. Fletcher come together? Uh, that was, yeah, that was just another thing as well. 
The only time I'd, I'd met Kyle like a couple of times. So just before I injured my shoulder, I'd wrestled quite a lot for the company in Australia that he trained at PWA. So when I met him, he was like a 14-year-old kid. Uh, I only met him like a couple of times. And then like and did my shoulder and whatever. And then uh, separate to each other, we both made the decision to move to the UK. And it just both kind of ended up happening where like... Uh, we moved within like a month of each other, but it wasn't like plans that we had made with each other to be like, hey, we should both move to the UK and do this. Yeah. Separate plans that we just, it just kind of like lined up. Um, and then the, we wrestled at Attack Pro Wrestling uh, on like one of their trainee shows and the crowd really liked it. We got like a standing ovation at the end of it. That was probably like, I want to say it was in June, but it might have been July last year. I'm gonna say June actually. But yeah, anyway, we wrestled and the crowd like liked it. Uh, and then the next night was like a Fight Club Pro show. And uh, I think like Chris Brooks and Travis Banks, like told the promoters there, like Trent Seven and Zachy, that oh, like you should give Kyle and Davis a chance. They did real well last night. So they put us on again and like put us in the opener and the crowd liked it again. Uh, and then like we ended up getting booked on. Well, the first time we ever teamed was on an attack show, uh, and then we teamed again like a month later because somebody pulled out of another show and I got like added last second and some matches got changed and we ended up wrestling CCK. Nice. Uh, and then for that same that same company, they booked us again in a tag match against Pete Dunn and Trent Seven. And then uh, just after that match, Pete was like, "Oh, you guys should just do tag team wrestling because I think you have a good thing here that's like happened like organically." So yeah, for should, sure. Uh, you guys should take advantage of this and see where it goes. Yeah, that uh, that Pete Dunn seems to be a, a hub of uh, of good advice from what I hear. Yeah, I think he's. It's pretty good into uh, to wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing all right for himself right now. <laughs> so you're, you're, going, you're going on the edge saying you're putting him over Pete Dunn, good guy? <laughs> yeah, Pete Dunn. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> um, I mean, no, and also, yeah, go congratulations on. on the title win. I know I'm. I'm not sure how wrestlers really feel about when you know when they have to win a title or really. Picks him up that much, but congratulations. That's, I imagine it's a pretty big I mean, what a moment. Like, freaking fucking history record-setting show. Like, what a place to, to win those belts on, on that um, that, that progress uh, big fucking Wembley show. show for all of our, our friends. How was that environment? How'd that feel? Yeah, it was, it was cool. It, uh, to, like, answer your question, yeah, it did, like, I guess, I mean, wrestling's not real, but... <gasps> Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Sorry. <laughs> nah, but the, Don't you say that. <laughs> <laughs> the emotions did feel uh, real. Like when the like the three count happened, I was just kind of like lying in the ring, and I had like everybody like stand up and like cheer and stuff. And yeah, man. I had like a little cry. I was like, oh, <laughs> it feels so nice. Like when I <laughs> Kyle. But, yeah, no, it, it felt like real. It felt like a nice special thing too, like really nice like a lot of hard work had been like you know, like recognized and stuff like that especially so. like like they said how organically all came together that's pretty amazing 
yeah it's cool it's uh it's been really cool but yeah the show itself was amazing like the whole vibe the whole feeling uh is super cool just to be like to even just be like included in that show and to get to do stuff like that when like two years or oh, two and a half years ago well, like whatever like when i was in australia i was wrestling in front of like 60 people and stuff like that then wrestling in front of like 4,750 people in like a featured match yeah we like the best tag team championships it all felt yeah it was like oh okay like it feels good <laughs> damn right yeah i mean it's like so far different but it's like i even i mean from like a a worker's perspective on like you know trash bag australian shows it's like the first time you know even like you win like a belt in a state for like some shitty australian indie company like that even that like there's sort of a bit of a a special feeling for the first time so i'm only like thinking of that compared to like the, the top of the hill a little feather in your cap yeah yeah it was just it just feels nice doesn't it, it feels like validation of hard work and it, feels, it just does feel nice yeah for real. Are you still a fan? Do you still enjoy watching wrestling and taking it in? Or are you just too busy living life, being a wrestler, and enjoying yourself? Yeah, I'm a, I don't watch it as much as, uh, maybe as much as I should or as much as I wish I enjoyed watching it anymore. Like yeah. I, I enjoy, if I'm at shows, watching them live. And uh, it, it's nice because I get spoiled over here to mm. like, get to watch in person some like, incredible professional wrestling. Such a high level. Like, just, yeah, like just last weekend, I got to watch Will Ospreay like wrestle Walter in like the most ridiculous match I've ever seen. That's absurd. Yeah, I got to watch like Minoru Suzuki versus Tim Thatcher. I got to watch like Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, I got to watch like yeah, Naito wrestle my friend Chris. Like, yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, so I, I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy so much getting the opportunity to to sit down and watch stuff like that live, but. Uh, I do struggle to like sit and watch like a wrestling show on TV, but <laughs> in the same sense that I think I struggle anyways just watching like a movie or like, look at my distracted <laughs> the whole time. I'm a little ADHD myself, a little hyperactive. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm shit. I put a movie on and it'll finish. I'll be like, oh, I think I watched like six minutes of that. <laughs> Man, um, like. The first thing that I saw when it looked like you guys were really catching on over there, at least with like some of the more high-profile stuff like uh, Rev Pro, I think there was like a match with you guys against CCK in like a cockpit show. And I remember just like seeing the, I don't know, the way that the crowd like got behind you guys, but also like I guess how giving a dude like Travis Banks is. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then it's like just been bigger and bigger, like every everything on from there to now. And it's like, I mean, is your schedule still as crazy as when you you showed me that um that month that you had laid out? Where it was like you're fucking wrestling like every two days or something insane like that. Yeah, uh, I think this weekend is uh the only weekend I've had off in like a few months now, and most weeks are filled with like at least two shows, but usually it's around like. Four, and then sometimes it's six, and then yeah, we did that like one month where it was like, like something ridiculous. It was like seventeen shows in like fourteen days or something like that. <laughs> so 
the like the chance to get to work regularly over here is is really really cool. It's mind blowing, like comparing that to yeah. Australian wrestling, like trying to get that kind mm-hmm. of full of a schedule. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's insane. And then like because the geography of the UK is so small, not like America, where you have to drive like sixteen hours to the next show. Mm. I can go do a show, drive two hours, drive two hours back home, sleep in my own bed wake up and go to the gym and like stuff like that before I need to go to the show the next day. And all those shows being so tight knit, you probably like see end up seeing the same fans almost at every single damn show. Like I, I imagine the like me and Chris, we travel well not Chris more than me, but uh travel down yeah. to like LA to see shows and I can only imagine like people just pop into every damn show within a weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You definitely see like a crossover of the same fans at every show. Fans and dogs. Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Do you still see the those dogs that you posted the awesome pictures with? Or are they a bit more rare? Which one? I remember wrestling dog fans. Yeah, like people brought their dog to some shows, and you had like the the pictures with them after the show. Oh man, I, I'm pretty lucky actually. People like. Especially like other wrestlers and stuff are always like doing their dogs around. So I get to like meet a lot. And my favorite was like in Ireland though, like a service dog there. Ooh. Yeah. He was like in the crowd. He was like, Oh, can I high five your dog? Like on my entrance and like, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like that, like you show up to a party and like, Oh, there's a dog here, let me go hang out yeah. with this dog. He's just fucking yeah. cool. Fuck every other loser here. I'm gonna sit in the corner with this dog and pat it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> was that your dogs doing a running on the show earlier, Chris? Yeah, yep, sure was. Oh, they're maniacs. They are maniacs. Those guys. Yeah, we we take we've taken them to a couple of wrestling shows over here. Like when we're going to local stuff to to support our friends. That went to a show with um with our friend Rick uh, Rufio. Uh, for those playing at home, a uh, really sort of big name in the the Brisbane wrestling scene at the moment. Doing a lot of good stuff in Adelaide and Sydney and everywhere. Uh, yeah, we went to a show and we brought the dogs. It's like, you know, people are going to give us guff. It's like, fuck you, we're just bringing our dogs in. It's fine. And, um, yeah, on, on Rick's entrance, like, Courtney held Jelly's hand up for her to, like, high-five Je- for uh, Rick to high-five Jelly, and he missed her. And then for the following um, two years, Courtney's made Rick feel incredibly guilty that he... He um fake jelly, yeah. yeah. That piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you also smuggled your dog into the cinema once too, though, so I don't think you really like give a fuck if people get upset about it at wrestling shows. That's true. That was the one of the most terrible decisions ever. We um, it was when <laughs> you took the dog in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Jelly was like suffering separation anxiety because her her um. A dog uh, partner had recently uh, departed, um, and it was before we got Ziggy, and we had to just take her everywhere because we left her at home for like ten minutes. She just start howling, separation anxiety, and so we got in this movie, and it's like, it's like the Blue Room Cinema, which is like this sort yeah. of like, um, like tiny stuff. cinema, yeah, hipster thing where they sort of serve food through the movie. So honestly, it was the worst cinema to choose to try to still <laughs> stick a dog into. Yeah, you can't like take a dog discreetly into that tiny ass cinema. Yeah, and like constant people bringing food in and out, so you're having to like hide it every time. 
please tell me the dog fucking barked and gave you guys away. Oh well, it was like it was more of a lead up than that. So it was um, uh-huh. it was like to start with, she was like actually been really good, but there were little moments that were a bit of a giveaway. Like she'd um, she'd shake her head every now and then, and like there's fucking nothing that sounds like dog ears flapping than dog ears, <laughs> <laughs> as you discover in a small cinema. I think everyone was like, what the fuck? That sounds like dog ears. <laughs> and then um, she was getting a little bit antsy, so Courtney started feeding her a little bit of popcorn to like, calm her down. Um, but we didn't think the popcorn would make her really fucking thirsty because of the salt. Salt, yeah. <laughs> so then she's like really thirsty, and um, Courtney's got her water, and she's like poured some water in a little cup for her to, to drink. And another thing that sounds nothing <laughs> like a dog slurping water. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> It's like, like a, it's like a sitcom. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, Josh was with us, our other friend. And um, yeah. yeah, Josh like was watching this going on and he had to like just <laughs> muffle his laughs the whole time. <laughs> and at yeah, one like point, a, yeah. A very distinct laugh too. Yeah, yeah. There was a bit where he just couldn't take it anymore and just had to like get up, leave the cinema and just start laughing in the hallway because it's too much for him. <laughs> That's fantastic. And yeah, we, we weren't yeah. actually like discovered and kicked out by the cinema staff, but I think it was very obvious when we were walking out of the cinema, Courtney made no attempt to hide her. <laughs> and I think they were just like, what? <laughs> They're walking out of the cinema with a fucking dog. And we found it in there. Yeah. It was in there for some reason. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, but- if I had a dog in there in a cinema, I'd walk like up and down every aisle trying to find it. So <laughs> like, man, let me pet your dog. <laughs> but the highlight of it all was yeah, after we left the cinema, Jelly was so antsy towards the end. Um, yeah, like uh, they got out, we got outside and we we're just on the path, and then Jelly just like squats down and like pisses for like a good like. 50 seconds just like non-stop just like giving courtney the most intense stare it's this dead stare this is all i wanted mom i've been holding this yeah, in don't for you so break long. eye contact <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah the, the story of jelly in the cinema courtney's dad still guilts her on that sometimes like we'll have different stuff where like courtney will like giving him shit and we're like, oh this coming from the girl that snuck a jog into a cinema <laughs> that's not even that bad of a thing to do right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah yeah well, okay yeah. <laughs> I always yeah all right let me ask a question that everyone's wondering what was the movie um ant-man the the first one <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes the story even better. It's like Ant Man. It was actually quite good. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. But all of the moments yeah, that cool. Jelly decided to be a fucking asshole were during, like, there were, I mean, it was like funny movie, but then there were, like, some moments of, like, quite, you know, quiet drama. I can't even remember what they were, but they were the moments <laughs> when Jelly would, like, shake her ears and stuff. Quite good. Good film. I haven't watched the second one yet. Has anyone seen the second Ant Man? I have not. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw the second Ant Man. So it had the girl from um from Lost, that Evangeline Lilly, maybe. I'll take your word for it, brother. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do you see? Isn't like this crazy wrestler life? Do you go to the movies mm. and do like normal stuff like that frequently, or is it just like so busy the way you really don't go out that much unless you're actually wrestling and or drinking? Probably at the club. Yeah. No. No, I do like quite regular things, like quite a lot. I go on like dates and stuff, and then uh, I hang out with Trent Seven a lot, and like, that's kind of like all we do. Like we'll go play basketball, or we'll go for like a hike or something. I, I'm kind of like a person who needs that stuff, though. Like, I think if I was just surrounded by wrestling all the time, I'd get a little bit, like... Stir-crazy. Uh, maybe, yeah, stir-crazy, maybe, like, negative towards it. Like, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I don't think it's, like, that healthy to just, like, have that one thing in your life, and then that's all you have. So. Yeah. I've always tried that. I get that how stadium in the UK when you're a professional wrestler. Like, I imagine being just a regular independent wrestler, not working for progress, it might be a little bit harder. But once you're on iPay-Per-View or pay-per-view pretty weak, and working in Wembley, uh, the, the ladies must line up. Uh, oh, lucky me. Nah. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't know how to answer this. Nah. Uh, I'm, actually like, I'm, a, I'm a professional wrestler. Most ladies would be like, um, say what? <laughs> No, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I would answer it. Yeah, I was, I was seeing someone for like a few months and then like that ended and now I'm like seeing someone else. So like, All right, good deal. But, but, so it's, you meet very nice young ladies. That's all we need to say. All right, cool. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. So I don't know how to that answer was, it. That was bizarre. <laughs> let's just fucking... Lull on this for like the next forty minutes on Davis's fucking I get personal just, life. <laughs> Women, when you're meeting anything, like I, I work in data entry, and I meet a woman. I'm like, I work in data entry. I can only imagine what her her reaction is when I wrestle professionally. Uh, when you're trying to chat a girl up, so that was the reason for my question, really. But we can certainly move on. I used to... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess sometimes. What were you gonna say? Uh, nothing. We'll skip it. <laughs> no, please. Hardly anybody listens to it. You're fine. Next <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, let's yes, let's sir. proceed. <laughs> it's it's good to hear that you um still get to do the hikes and stuff because I remember that used to be like a big thing um when you're living here like you'd always do the yeah i mean is there as there's many like cool kind of hiking spots over there nah <laughs> nah there's not <laughs> we went from one question that goes and absolutely nowhere to another question that goes absolutely nowhere it is shit. Nah, I, uh, nope. I'm, I'm like there is nice spots over here but i guess like i don't really get the chance to do them that often because usually it'll just be like a day that I have free, so we'll just go somewhere that's like close. Yeah, but, but there is like a couple nice spots here. Like the girl that I'm like seeing at the moment, she took me to one like recently that was like real cool. It was like horses and stuff everywhere, and like sheep everywhere. It was like really cool. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So um, super close. I kept trying to power them, but they kept running away. Have you done much like that in um, Ireland? Because you get. Do you get bookings over there much? Yeah, we get booked quite regularly over there, but a lot of it is so, like, time-restricted. Like, mm. you don't actually get a chance to 
really see or do anything in any place unless like it's for some reason like say they have like a couple of shows uh like a month like a weekend uh then you'll get like a free day but usually it just consists of like waking up maybe getting time to go to the gym but just getting a train to the airport getting a flight going to the show wrestling coming back sleeping and then like flying back usually like super early the next day so all we really ever see is like the inside of the venue and the very hard to fit in train the stations there. and stuff yeah 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 it's it's nuts <laughs> like when you think about the international travel bit of it and like Jonah was telling me the same thing of like when he'll have the PWG dates it's like such a fucking yeah. long flight to think that you're doing yeah. that for like having maybe like two or three days over there to work a show and then like come back home before you practically get to see anything like I guess that's just wrestler life right yeah it's just is what it is and I think like the travel from more like a lot of the time will make me feel more sore than uh, than any of the wrestling does we're lucky over here too like a flight to Ireland is like 45 minutes yeah. 90 minutes to Germany like stuff isn't that far here and I live like a 30 minute train ride from the airport so yeah, I'm in a very good position it's pretty great so like yeah like yeah. Germany that you would do that flying rather than train yeah well like the drive there from where I live is 12 hours so it ends up being a lot more expensive to drive because fuel over here is like one pound forty a liter. It's like two dollars, like seventy Australian a liter. Shit. For our American viewers, uh, what is that in gallons? Uh, fuck, I don't no, know. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some conversion here. Uh, <laughs> Let's this shit. Me and Chris, like, we always cover some sort of conversion in our uh, our show. <laughs> So Is it a... usually just Australian to US? No, I was joking. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we do, like, have a lot of... Still, like, I thought we'd work our way out of this, but we still have a lot of, like, stuff that's just lost in translation from the Australian normalisms to, you know, like, US stuff. Yeah. Like, even this... I go out of my way to point it out as well. Yeah. Like, make sure. <laughs> yep. Indeed. And then there's stuff that I'm just like amazed that it's the same, like margarine. That that got me last episode. I was like, what? You guys have margarine? <laughs> Hell yeah, we got margarine, man. Yeah, you got it here too, brother. Oh, this crazy <laughs> world. I still haven't cracked open my Vegemite. It's sitting here right in front of me. I, you fuck. I went to go buy sourdough and I totally forgot. But no, it'll make it happen. I'll, I'll, I'll film it and I'll send it to you, sir. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. You and Courtney, you and Courtney will enjoy me enjoying Vegemite. Yeah. Right now, a teaspoon of it. Yeah, just dip a teaspoon and then have a whole teaspoon. Right? Oh, see, this is that. He, t- he told me that's the worst way to go. He's like, if I do, if I do that, yeah. I'm just gonna hate it. Well, if like, this is yeah. like coming back to the the Vegemite heroin addiction thing that we're talking about, to where it's like us Australians are just so like fucking in deep that we can just pretty much inject it into our veins. Where it's like, if you guys did a <laughs> teaspoon of it, I think you'd just be like, the fuck have you just put in my mouth? Walk in, Chris is cooking it on a spoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how you have your teaspoon. Eat it up. <laughs> I am quite partial to teaspoons of like crunchy peanut butter dipped in honey. Like that's pretty delightful. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Are you a crunchy or creamy guy, Chris? Crunchy all the way. Mark. Okay. Crunchy. crunchy. Yep. 
Confirmed. Uh, you know what? We got to get t-shirts. The Crunchy Club. Let's do it. <laughs> and if there are any listeners at home that are like, no, fucking um, creamy, creamy all the way, you guys can go get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's black or white around here. Yeah. I like the idea that we lose like 40% of our listeners because we've offended them because they're creamy. Up peanut butter. Yeah. Smooth. <laughs> Excellent. I haven't looked at the the schedules and stuff much. Does Progress already have a book? I imagine so. Something up in New York for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, uh, I don't think anything's been announced yet. I saw some some loose like, you know, uh, basic breakdown of what people think is going on. I could have sworn the name on there. Have you been to New York City, Mr. Davis? Uh, I've been for like two separate days, not for like anything to do with wrestling, just for like being a tourist. Was that uh, back in the day when you went over to do the Shikara training with Ash? Yeah. Yeah. So I went once in 2008 and then uh, we had to stop over on the way back after New Orleans. Uh, oh, so you got to train like, with Quackenbush? Yeah, I got to train with Quackenbush, uh, Cesaro and Sarah Del Rey. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I was very fortunate. I went uh, August 2008, so it was like the month, like it was like a week after I turned 18. We went there, uh, wrestled for PWG, and like as like a fat, awkward 18 year old. Can and you then, work uh, like Top Gun Telwar or someone? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It was Hook Bomberry and TJ Perkins in the tag match. <laughs> so yeah. nuts. Yeah, and then flew to Philly and trained at Chicago for a few months. That's pretty awesome. Like, yeah, that's cool as shit. Yeah, thinking like where all those people are now. Like, that's crazy mm-hmm. that you got to train with those dudes in that scene. I mean, it, it's cool to it see, was... you know, like Quack still doing his thing with his school. Um, yeah. yeah, Sarah Del Rey, in the head of all of the important things in women's wrestling in the WWE. And, uh, yeah, obviously Cesaro doing real well as well. Wagamush is still a freaking, like, amazing. Like, he was on that uh, that show, WrestleMania Weekend. Like, seriously, yeah. one of the most seamless, fluid guys to ever work. And he still is. He's still such incredible. a high level, yeah. We got to see him and um, yeah, David Starr. That was, a, that was a real good match. I almost forgot how good that was. Oh, it was yeah. great. I got to watch him versus Johnny Kidd in uh, Wolverhampton. Oh, cool. Trios Weekend. Dude, I yeah, love Johnny Kidd. Yeah, he's cool. He's a really nice. He's really nice. I bet he would be. So he was like retiring soon, or has he already retired? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Speculation <laughs> on the career of Johnny Kidd. Yeah. All right, I want to ask this the stupid Mark question that's spring to mind. Where does the name of the finish came? What? I, it's one of the coolest names for a fucking wrestling move. Close your eyes and say fuck or whatever. Like, where does, uh, count to yeah. fuck, yes. Where where do you come up with something like that? That's fucking awesome. Oh, I just ripped it off a Run the Jewel song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, sure I didn't think it. about that. Damn it, I'm an idiot. Yeah, oh, my so God. that's what, uh, that's what, yes, that's what I come out to a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No shit. Uh, maybe too many but, beers this time. Uh, it was, uh, again, because I'm very uncreative. It wasn't even me who came up with that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest enough to admit that shit. That's cool. Hey. Yeah, it, was, uh, yeah. it, was a, it was a discussion, uh, I guess, at Progress the first time we wrestled there. 
uh, the first chapter show we did, Jim was like talking to me about it. He was like, oh, you need like a name for that power driver. Because uh, you know, we want you to win with it tonight. Jim Small. Like, oh, I don't really know. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And uh, Chris was there. He's like, oh, why don't you just call it this? And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And Jim yeah, was like, perfect. yeah, let's do that. So then, yeah. Was it? Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Jim. Chris Brooks, yeah. Much more simple story than I should have. Yeah, Chris Brooks. Yeah. Uh, Jonah's, uh, Jonah's best welcome. friend, apparently. Oh, Chris is lovely. <laughs> Brooks is lovely, yeah. Now, he's a, he's a dude who I think creatively is very, very, like, uh, has influenced me a lot and, in, like, his ideas and the way that he views wrestling. And he's very, very uh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really, um, another, like, real fluid kind of guy. Um, and yeah, like his sort of humor and personality that he sort of puts into a match are really right. Yeah, he's great. Speaking of the humor and personality, uh, we had spoke while during Bolo to maybe uh, say hello to Walter and pass off uh, a gift. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and when I did so, he's like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." It was like, and just like was so awkward. Like, um, and then I got kind of heat from Chris and John because I didn't wait for them to do it all together, but I felt like three guys walking <laughs> up to one gentleman to hand him one thing seemed yeah. a bit much. <laughs> oh, but he seemed very yeah. appreciative. Did he, did he partake? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. All right, good. Walter's, yeah, no, he, uh, he, everything you told me about Walter's personality kind of thing, like just meeting him in like a you know minute-long conversation that, um, that I had with him was like Everything you said just like shone through immediately in just yeah. this weird. I don't like. I assume it's like a German thing, but I I don't know. Just like a such a funny, interesting, like sort of polite but standoffish kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. <laughs> he's funny. Well, he's like he's Austrian, so I think like he actually has like a little bit of a different sense of humor to a lot of the Germans. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he's he's funny. When I wrestled him at Progress, you know, I came backstage. My chest was like black from him chopping me. Oh man! Like, if anyone hasn't yeah, seen the like... picture of that, you need to fucking Finally. see it. It's it's probably it, yeah. it went like viral on Twitter, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Like, what did he say when he came back? Oh yeah, so I was like, I was fucked too. Like he beat the shit out of me. I'm pretty sure I was like concussed, but. <laughs> uh, Yes, yeah, so like I came back and like my chest was like all black and I was like bleeding and stuff. And he was just like, "You got weak skin." Like, no, beat me up. <laughs> what fucking salt in the wound? Like he's just chopped the fucking shit out of you, and then he's like, oh, "Weak skin." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it pretty good at that one match. Uh, we just watched. Uh, the match from Fight or Flight, and he got pretty, you lit him up pretty good too on that one. Yeah, you got him oh, bleeding. Yeah. yeah, I got him back. I was like, I remember looking over at one point. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I <could do> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the he's still. I think he's still one. I came back from my chest and like purple again. <laughs> oh man, yeah, his ones on you in the the corner, where he just like it was almost like the hardest like repeat machine gun chops that I've. I mean, every chop's like the fucking hardest that you see, but still. he throws it like the fifth through the chest, dude. Like the whole, it, like he's hitting you in your in your vertebrae, not your chest. He's going to your vertebrae. Yeah, yeah, I still have chops that are hard. And he said he just like aims past people. Yeah, 
they're just trying to hit like through you. <laughs> but I like your uh, your chop and clothesline combination, by the way. Like that, that's oh. not a lot of guys do that. Like I, it seems so obvious now, but yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a great concept. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, I read. I like that match as a whole. It was real cool. That fucking the power bombs, the power bomb exchange. Just yeah. so nuts to see. Just yeah, I, that was just a great wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, no, I, I, was, I was quite proud of that one. I liked it. I was telling Jeremy yep. the, the thing of, I don't know if it's like a thing anymore, but like that UK chant of like, you're familiar with it? Like the big lads wrestling one? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's kind of my favorite thing. chant. Yeah. And oh, this yeah. match was I've definitely a big match, times. big lads wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's cool. He's a, he's great, man. Like his, his brain, I'd say, like, it's him and, like, Pete Dunne are, like, the two smartest people I've ever met when it comes to, like, professional wrestling. They just, like, know so much. And they're so, like, clued into, like, everything. It's, it's crazy. Like, every time I talk to him or he, like, talks to me about stuff, I always learn something. Mm. And, like, I guess... They always say the greatest guys, though, are the guys who can work, you know, where it looks like they're killing you, but it's not. But Walter's killing you, so where, where's that <laughs> argument? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding, oh. of course. <laughs> but, no, I think that's just his mentality towards wrestling, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just it's how he, like, thinks wrestling should be, and I don't disagree with him. I mean, look at mm. everything he's done. And, like, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he, on the cusp. He's like, yeah. he's right there. Like something's breaking soon. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing so good. Yeah, I was gonna say like just the sort of um, contrast between two dudes like a, a Pete Dunn and a Walter, and both being very, very smart when it comes to that stuff, but obviously like different approaches to, I guess, match layouts and sort of psychology, and again like the physicality side of it, like. I don't know. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about wrestling now is just the the variety like that. Yeah, the diversity. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's uh, it's great. It's great to see like so many people making a lot of success in their own uh, versions of what they think wrestling should be. Yeah, it's cool that dudes get the opportunity to do that to like make a living off it. Yeah, for real. And like yeah. the the fans. Uh, open and accepting and encouraging of that as well it's yeah. like they'll like a lot of these pwg shows that we've been to it's like you'll see them you know go nuts for crazy high spot kind of indie match that you imagine that they would but then go nuts yeah. in a complete separate way on like a, a walter or a thatcher just like awesome display of like grappling and fucking chopping yeah. the shit out of one another and it's it, it's great too that's cool yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool. I think like the biggest way to like take a look at I and like this is just like towards the UK scene, but like and how people can just like accept different uh, styles of wrestling in every capacity is the fact that like the same week that we did that Wembley show in front of like nearly five thousand fans on the Tuesday night we did a show in like a comedy club in Manchester <laughs> in front of like 180 people and it was like the most ridiculous thing i'd ever done is that the one and where you had like the cop the cop outfit with the sweet yeah. short shorts yeah i was like a, yeah, I was like a fake cop uh <laughs> i was teaming with 
Damien Dunn, who like does like the no fun police gimmick. And I wrestled against Chris and Kyle, and they were just like decided to recreate Reservoir Dogs and scenes from Reservoir Dogs. So at one point, like that stuck in the middle song, like came on, just tied Damo up in the ropes, and like fake cut his ear off, and like yes. fake slide everywhere. And, like the crowd was like insanely behind it. It's uh, it's really fucking cool. And then like. Yeah, like five days later, we wrestled in front of five thousand people, <laughs> like doing like normal, like serious professional wrestling, and they accept it all the same. That's yeah, that's why wrestling is my favorite art form. Like, ever, pretty much every other Friday, I go to this uh, place up here called Three Two One Battle, which has the has some great wrestling, but also some of the most ridiculous, just pure <laughs> entertainment wrestling you ever seen in your life. And I, I've Very gone much like hipster wrestling. Yeah, it's hipster and like almost performance art at points, but it's the best time. I've had sometimes more fun at a three to one show just enjoying myself than sitting there overanalyzing every fucking wrestling move at a PWG show. But yeah, I, I love the how eclectic wrestling can be. You can literally one day be wrestling, like you said, in front of five thousand people and then doing parodies of reservoir dogs the next night. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the best. <laughs> it's almost like a testament to like whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's like crazy comedy or like, you know, hard nosed wrestling or like high spot stuff or, or a combination of any of it. Like as long as you're actually committing to whatever that is a hundred percent, the crowd will be with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean do yeah, you I think so too. do you find a difference that you still work a lot of the more family kind of shows that i used to hear about in the uk scene with like the um what they call it like the the fairs and stuff yeah like the camp yeah now we've uh we're in like a fortunate position where like they run the camps through the summer season so it's like just coming into like autumn and winter now but we're so lucky that we're we are like quite busy with so many other shows that uh we haven't done any like camps yet mm. uh so like we don't really find ourselves doing i guess like quote unquote family shows that often anymore uh a lot of our stuff is like i guess a lot more adult and like grown up wrestling but then too like uh i guess like progress of age limit is like 14 and places like fight club pro and then Attack Pro Wrestling in its own world is like family fun, family entertainment, but they get like mostly older crowds in. But yeah, there's not a lot of like the whole like, ooh, yay, shall I hit him? Like 10 punch in the corner. You know, <laughs> like duck two clotheslines, hit me with one. That sort of like, uh, I don't know, I guess. Uh, it feels like archaic. It feels like yeah. wrestling has evolved past that, even though it does like have its point. Uh, and it's like function in wrestling. I'm pretty grateful for that fact too, because I don't really like enjoy that as much as I do. I mean, that's what like so you, you, you didn't have to worry about those tribute shows where everyone was wrestling <laughs> as a tribute. Like, did you ever wrestle yeah. as tribute Kane, Mark? No, but I fucking, I would love that so much. Like, that would, I'd love that. Kane like, chopping people, uppercut. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Fuck. Like adjust the glove, wriggle those fingers. Oh lord, I'm the best. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know if they do them anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think they've done tribute shows since like the '90s. But at the same time, it's weird that it's gone like full circle in a way. Like those those tribute shows used to be like the the biggest thing for UK dudes before everything got way better. But now it's like almost like the um, 
uh, what's that like uh, Japanese dress ups sort of thing? It's like people get way too into kaiju big battle cosplaying. Cosplaying is what I'm going for. Oh. <laughs> and it's almost like you see a lot of dudes like on themed shows or whatever, like almost doing like the cosplay thing where they're like wrestling as someone else, but it's like in a clever sort of, I don't know, more yeah. meta way. And it, it's still it's yeah. like over. It's almost like the same thing in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like the same realm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I cannot say enough good things about that um gimmick that you guys did for the the progress 70s themed show where you guys were like oh. <laughs> aussie rangers <laughs> or, or please please explain it like draw a, a picture for for people at home of this amazing scene Oh, what do you want? Like what we were wearing or like oh, just, just like sort of i guess how you were, how you approached it um <laughs> and how you guys came up with this thing and then just the way it ended up playing out and how everyone just fucking loved it so much. Oh, yeah, I was, I was buzzing for it. So they did, like, the 1970s theme thing, and I was like, oh, Jim, like, what do you want for this? Uh, and he was like, I don't know, just, like, have fun with it. So I was like, oh, okay, like, let's just do, like, stereotypical Australian, like, outback men. So <laughs> so we did, like, we were called the Billabong Boys. And, <laughs> yeah. We came out to Old Man Emu by uh, John Williamson. Is that his name? I don't know. Where did you find that just... song? I had not heard it in my life. Literally, I googled 1970s Australian music. Amazing. <laughs> like the most straightforward way to do it. Awesome. Yeah, it's the first thing I clicked on Spotify. I was like, oh, this is a great song title. <laughs> and I listened to it once, and I was like, oh my fucking god. This is the best song I've ever heard. <laughs> and then I... And I wouldn't tell Carl what we were coming out to. Oh, that's like, awesome. What is it? There's <laughs> nothing like, here for the first time when we come out. And like, yeah, I loved it. That was like, that was so much fun. We wrestled in like little short shorts, like little chino short shorts. Like with the top and like the dumb, like stereotypical like crocodile dundee hat. Carl had a fake mustache and I shaved in like a mustache. <laughs> It was awesome. It was a really good time. Kyle looked like he was having the greatest time in the history of the world when he was like doing his little march around the ring and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he fucking loves it. Like, usually I come out like high fiving people real hard, but I was just shaking people's hands like overly enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah, the fuck are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, we were... Nice to meet you, Cobber. Yeah, Carl got on the mic and he's like, we're not here to fuck spiders. And actually, <laughs> nobody like, got the reference because it's the most abstract Australian saying in the world. Are you familiar but, with this at all, Jeremy? The not here to fuck spiders no, thing? <laughs> no, please go. Uh, illuminate me, sir. I don't even know where well, it came I mean, from. But... No, but I've heard it, yeah, I heard it quite a lot over my years, but it's just, <laughs> it is what you'd imagine it means. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just here for the one thing, and that's that's all, and that's not the fuck spiders. Yeah. Did you wear those one? The always the stereotypical cliche Australian hat we saw in America was the one where it was a regular flat brim on one side, but the other side was tilted up and kind of tied to the side of the hat. You know uh, what I'm talking was, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. no, this one, this boy had like a double curve, and then it just had like a strap around it with like crocodile teeth in it. Oh. <laughs> Actual yeah. Awesome. yeah, I also thought about just getting like an Akubra with like the strings and the cork. Oh, uh, so, yeah, through it, but I just didn't end up doing that, did I? 
feel like Paul that Hogan is been... a national hero, right? This is true. We all look up to yeah, Paul Hogan. Yeah. I was just making sure. That's a that's what we assume over here. Just letting you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I've ever had an American person <laughs> a- apologize for like you know bringing up Crocodile Dundee, I'm like fuck no. Oh, He's God. like a hero of ours. <laughs> yeah, just totally amp it up. Like, no, please go on. We love to talk about Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah. I really need to watch back the first movie. I had such good memories of that, and just like the the cheesy humor of it, it's so perfect. Yeah, yeah the, the, there those movies back in the day were they weren't trying to write a good story. They just tried to entertain motherfuckers for an hour and a half. So, yeah, yeah. that shit was fun. Yeah. On the same note, Davis, have you seen Reckless Kelly? No. I love that movie. So good. It's like the Yahoo yeah, Serious. Yahoo Serious, and he's like, uh, yeah. it's like a sort of weird story of Ed, Ed Kelly. Ned Kelly, but if he was like um, standing up for his uh, cobber Aussie bar thing that the the man wants to shut down. Mm-hmm. And he's like riding a motorcycle and. It's ridiculous. Know, this sounds like vaguely familiar, to be honest. It's almost yeah, like semi-Mad like... Max type of thing, and then he like goes to Hollywood yeah. and becomes a big, big star over there, but then has to come home and, and bring his earnings to try to save his his um, Aussie bar. It's pretty fucking great. There was a good period of time where America was obsessed with everything Australian, like, like consistently. That's yeah. why Yahoo Serious had a, qu- a career in America. I didn't even Literally. know he had a career in America. Yeah, they did uh, young young Einstein. Oh too, yeah, as well. yeah, I'm familiar with that. That's true. Yeah, that's great, dude. Wow, we have got off on quite a tangent. I'm I'm perfectly happy to do so. I think people have come to yes, expect sir. it from us. I get more good feedback when we just like ramble about nonsensical shit than I ever do about when we're actually seriously talking about wrestling. Yeah, because yeah, when we're talking wrestling, especially when it's just wrestling news, it's literally just the same stories repeated by every fucking podcast. Yeah, that's true. We're not very original in that way. So uh, what are your immediate goals, Mr. Davis? It, it just, you know, riding high on progress championship gold or uh, you guys looking to make your way more in the States or reaching out to anybody else or waiting for calls? or I mean, the Rev Pro what stuff is fucking doing? great at the moment too. Rev Pro is amazing as well, yeah. You got. I saw uh, that, that latest that. announcement for what you guys are challenging um, – Zach and Minoru Suzuki for the the tag straps in Reg Rev Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In uh, in a few weeks, that's on November 9th. That's uh, your call. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's gonna be fucking. That's insane. That's a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm fucking. I'm super excited for that. Have you done anything else and with I, Zach so far? Uh. I wrestled him in a tag match for Fight Club earlier this year. Okay. Uh, against him and Angelico. Zach needs to talk to Danny. Get you guys over for DDT four. Uh, I've uh, I've spoken not like through people, and I guess that's, that's probably like one of our next hopeful goals is to, uh, to make our way there. Hopefully we'll get yeah. used there soon, and then like I guess Carl and I have like have now just ended up with the same goals. We're still setting like 
individual goals and are just like working towards making this a thing then our other big one is to like end up in new japan soon at some point nice so, uh, i think at, the, at this moment it's just about like keep doing what we're doing and do the best we can and keep enjoying it because things are things are happening for us and i think uh i think the energy that you put out and like things that you get back in 100%. As long as we, as long as we keep having fun with it, like I think things will just keep happening for us. Yeah, for real. I mean, just the the role of momentum that it's it's been, and it's just like it's just something else, like bigger than the last thing. Like it's just, it's just gonna keep going like yeah. that. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait to see. Like, uh, you guys, I know you definitely will break into the the US indie scene and do really well there. But I don't know. I'm I'm just yeah. really happy with all of it. Hey. Yeah, well, the next, like, coolest, like, the most insane thing that we have next is wrestling in Japan for Fight Club because they're running a show. Yeah, that Korokan one, right? Yeah, like, the Monday after Wrestle Kingdom. Dude. That's awesome. That'll be so good. fucking wild. I was actually almost going to be going over for that Wrestle Kingdom. Um, So I would have been able to be there for the show. But uh, instead, I decided on, um, just because flights were really fucked to get to Japan around that New Year's time. Um, and oh, it was yeah, actually cheaper for us to go to New York instead. So that's what we did doing Mania weekend. Oh, that's kind of sick. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun yeah. shows. I'll be interested yeah. if, uh, you know, something falls into place and we may see you over there. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Like, mm-hmm. We don't have anything set in stone yet, but... I'm- I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic that stuff will probably open up for us around that time. So hopefully we will be over there again this year for Mania Weekend. Sounds like there are going to be a fuck ton of shows during the time Yeah. that need wrestlers. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Nice. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally just really excited to be going back to New York itself. Like there's so many places I haven't been to New York, like Queens and Harlem and... Just, I don't know. Yeah, I want to go to all those places too. All I've really done is like the touristy bullshit of like Times Square and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, first time I went over was exactly like that and like doing the, yeah, all of the, the tourist pass spots. But then last time I went over there, I just like spent a week hanging out in um, like Brooklyn and Williamsburg and stuff and just. Hello. Hello. <laughs> all of a sudden you were gone. I spent a week yeah. and then I heard. Silence. I thought the, I thought everything got cut off. I apologize. Oh no, no, you're probably right. Maybe it did. Um, but yeah, I was just putting over how good uh, Williamsburg and Brooklyn are, and just like those neighborhood spots more so than doing the um the the tourist stuff per se. Yeah, when I come out there, buddy, we need to avoid any tourist traps. Go and enjoy actual culture of the city. That sounds amazing to me. Indeed, if any of that is possible during all of the 10 fucking million wrestling shows that will be happening between Thursday and Sunday. We don't have to hit every wrestling show. <laughs> we, can, we can try to make it about actually the experience, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I just got my tickets. I'm- 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.